This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With supply chains becoming more complex, you need to stay on top of the latest logistics developments. So if you work with logistics, you need the Beyond the Box podcast from Maersk. It's the easy way to keep up to date with everything from digital disruption and logistics to the need for supply chain resilience in today's market. Find out more and keep ahead of the game with the Beyond the Box podcast on logistics insights at maersk.com slash insights. This show is part of the Head Stuff Podcast Network. Welcome, gather round the fireside and listen to a tale of Fionn McCool, Cullen, Deirdre, all the sorrows grow on your wail. From giants right down to fairies, about the drooping and solitary, and ghosts who are sometimes scary. Anything goes by the fireside. Yeah. Fireside, the Puka Fireside, the Mero Fireside. Kings and queens fighting heroes, don't you run from the fun, there's no need to hide. Sit by the fireside. Mm-hmm. Fireside. Hello and welcome to Fireside, the Irish storytelling podcast. Each episode of Fireside, we take a story from folklore and mythology, retell it, have a chat about the tale itself and about the craft, culture and history of storytelling. My name is Kevin C. Olahan. I'm your host and your Fireside Bard. Welcome to episode 109 of Fireside. Today on the Irish storytelling podcast, we tell a story that came to me from across the waves a story from another land as we will talk about very shortly but first and it is the tale of the man who couldn't stop dancing but before i tell you about him i want to first of all give a very big welcome to any new listeners if you like this episode why don't you head right back to the very beginning 108 episodes over two years ago and see what we've been building up to on the journey of this podcast and if you're a returning listener you are as always very welcome back Please do follow me over on Instagram at Fireside Bard. Uh, if you want to get in touch or just say hello. If you're not on Instagram, why don't you hit me up at thefiresidebard at gmail.com. And please do follow me over on Headstuff Plus if you want to become a premium supporter of Fireside. If you are in the position to do so, join the new community of Fireside, which is over on Headstuff Plus at headstuffpodcast.com. For a membership fee, you can get a- gain access to not just the entire library of of Fireside, but also bonus content each month, including bonus episodes, articles about the books I'm using as sources, and videos of past and future live shows. Currently on Headstuff Plus, we just launched now. Uh, we've got the video I have of the my ballad of the Giants Causeway that we used for the hundredth episode, and we're very soon going to be having not only the live show from the Dublin Podcast Festival last year or the year before last, but also my very exclusive interview with Mark Williams writer and professor of 
of medieval Irish literature at Oxford University on his incredible book, Ireland's Immortals. And as this is the first episode I've recorded since the launch of Headstuff Plus, uh, I want to give a very big thank you to our first supporters. They've really opened the opened the gates. So a big thank you to our first six supporters over on Headstuff Plus. Adele Fitzgerald, Matthew Hill, Dara Courtney, Cassandra Burrow, Nicola Cyrillic, I hope I pronounced that correctly, and Bernadette Brady. Thank you so much for being the very first over on the brand new platform of Headstuff Plus, which is... Which is going to be the new community for Headstuff and indeed for Fireside because not only do you get access to all of the Fireside premium content but you get access to the content for all the other 35 podcasts on the Headstuff podcast network whether you want to avail of them or not they are always there for you. But also a thank you to my patrons over at patreon.com. A couple of you have started to switch over. But if those of you who already support me on Patreon want to stick on Patreon, the Patreon is going to be staying open um, for those of you who have been so kind to support this podcast in the past year and beyond. And I want to give a thank you to Mike Campbell as the newest patron over on Patreon, joining Ethan Bartlett and Greg Yankee as the most recent patrons from this year. Thank you to each and every one of you. You've really helped to support me, particularly in this most difficult of now nearly a full year. It really helps the podcast and it keeps it keeps me with a boost all the time to have that extra support. So thank you so much. So head on over to headstuffpodcast.com and join Headstuff Plus. But the story for this week, um, I should say I'm giving naturally a hard sell on Headstuff Plus at the moment. I usually say no hard sell on it just because it is launched this month. You know, Headstuff has supported Fireside right from the very beginning. And this is a project they have worked so, so very hard on. And I think it could be a really, really cool and really exciting thing. So certainly for the first month of its launch, I do want to plug it as much as I can. It won't affect... In the long run, it won't affect my out, my outpouring of Fireside, except it'll just mean, give me the incentive to push a bit more and to release more content to those of you who want it. But that's uh, it won't be any less than an episode a week. You will still have total access to every episode of Fireside, an episode of Fireside for a week for free, as it always has been, because it means so much to me that even people listen to this, and I want to keep growing that community. I just, as always, want as as all, any all any podcaster wants is for his podcast to reach as wide an audience as possible, and I want Fireside to continue to grow, and I think it can grow through Headstuff Plus, but that is why if you think thinks I'm pushing or dedicating too much time of each episode at the moment to it, it's for that reason. It's a brand new thing, and Headstuff has supported me so much, so I want to support them back as much as I possibly can. But the story for this week, it's this is a very it's a very special episode for me, and this is this episode is dedicated to very special to to a person in particular because before Christmas I got a text from Headstuff saying that a package had arrived in the post for me to the studio, to the podcast studios. It had just been addressed to me. I didn't know what it was I wasn't expecting I certainly hadn't posted anything to the studio myself Uh, so I called into the studio uh, when I could get a chance from during the brief time I was allowed to go up to Dublin before Christmas uh, with the current restrictions for COVID-19 
And I got the package and I opened it up and inside was a book called The Coyote Under the Table, which was which is folk tales told in Spanish and English by a writer named Joe Hayes. And accompanying it was a beautiful and thoughtful letter written by a listener who had sent me this as a Christmas present to thank and to thank me for for the podcast and it was the very first piece it was the very first thing I had been gifted you know my very first like present from someone for this podcast so naturally enough that meant the world to me and it was an incredibly personal lovely note that they wrote which I won't naturally divulge over the airwaves uh, but included just the struggles that this person had faced over over the year the ups and the downs and and how fireside had been even just some small comfort to her so to elizabeth thank you so much for for the book i've read cover to cover it's incredible it's by an american see an american storyteller who was a local to to this one to elizabeth uh in santa fe and uh, sorry i should have began with that that that's where it came from and Elizabeth has listened to this story many times and she thought that I would be interested in this and I absolutely was because my favorite thing about folklore particularly because mythology can be incredibly universal naturally but mythology naturally enough is quite has, is usually quite rooted to a place as well whereas folk tales can often be so much more universal and folktales from different countries can work in any setting and that's usually my favorite types of folktales so naturally I was reading this book written in Spanish and English of of uh, folk tales that had made their way over to the that part of the world and so many of them I was thinking to myself this could be set in Ireland. The only things that were different usually is the animals. You know, So naturally with the title Coyote under the table we wouldn't have coyotes in Ireland. But we have wolves, you know. And so for Elizabeth I wanted to adapt a story from this and to be honest I could adapt nearly every story in it and I might do a couple depending on how this one goes down but this is the final story in the book and uh, it I think it was one of my it was one of my top three it was one of my top three favorites but certainly it reminded me an awful lot of a particular story that we adapted on Fireside way back in episode three. So I'll talk a bit more afterwards, but this is The Man Who Couldn't Stop Dancing on Fireside. The Man Who Couldn't Stop Dancing In the Wicklow Mountains, there once lived a man his wife, and their small but durable herd of goats. Every day, the goats required herding to and from the Glendalock Valley to feed on the grass before returning home to be milked. Goat herding was a full-time job, and the man was selfish and lazy and wasn't up to the task. So one day, his wife made a suggestion. Why not go into the village and find a poor boy who'll accept peanuts and lodgings for pay and get him to be our goat herd? 
The next morning, the man walked into the nearby village of Lara and was pointed in the direction of a poor young boy whose father had died who lived with his poor old mother. The young boy was delighted with the opportunity to earn some money to send home to his mother, unaware as he was of how much his new masters were ripping him off. Every day, the boy would take the goats to and from the valley. They would feed, he would rest, then they would return home and he would milk them. The boy found he had an aptitude as a goat herd, and soon knew the names of each of the goats and could easily tell them apart. The work was hard, and the couple paid the boy very little. A crust of bread and the scrapings of a bowl of soup were all that usually greeted the boy when he was finished his hard day's work. There came a day when the light was infrequent, and the cold was in the air, when the boy sat in the valley watching his goats graze. He didn't see her approach, but all of a sudden a cloaked old woman stood before him. The woman admired the goats and said they seemed happy. But you yourself, boy, she said, what is it that you want? The boy thought about this and smiled. Oh, there's there's nothing really. Although I do feel a bit peckish every now and then. The old woman produced from under her cloak a plain white napkin. She folded it carefully and handed it to the boy. Every time you open this napkin, there will be a bountiful meal inside. Confused and perhaps sceptical, the polite young boy nonetheless profusely thanked the old woman. Oh, think nothing of it, she said before continuing, but that is such a small and simple request. There must be something else you desire. The boy thought again. I am content, although I do sometimes get a bit lonely. Next, the woman produced from under her cloak a small stringed instrument. It looked like a cross between a violin and a lute, but the boy did not know its name. Take this mandolin. Every time you play its high, bright, sweet music, you will feel the happier for it. Why, thank you so much. Although there is the tiny, insignificant detail that I cannot play the mandolin. The woman chuckled. Oh, you can play this mandolin. It is enchanted to give incredible skill to its player. And what's more... The old woman now pointed to something jutting out of the tailpiece at the bottom of the instrument. If you turn this key before you play, regardless of the tune, everyone around you will feel compelled to dance. The boy thanked the old woman once again, and before he could ask the catch, or what he could possibly do for her in return, the mysterious stranger disappeared. The boy sat on the hill and inspected his new instrument. He had always been jealous of those with the gift of music, but he and his mother barely had enough to eat, much less to afford musical instruments. The mandolin had eight strings, 
four pairs each of the same string, it seemed. It also had the colour and the holes shaped like the letter F that a fiddle would have. The boy began to strum the instrument, and as easily as thumbing the brass strings, he began to pluck beautiful music from the mandolin. Airs and jigs and reels such as the boy could not name began to flow out of the enchanted instrument, and the goats seemed to like it too. But while the young goat herd was engrossed in his new toy, he failed to notice two wolves approaching his wards. One goat began to cry, and the boy looked up in a panic. He didn't know what to do. He thought of chasing the wolves away, using the mandolin as a blunt weapon. But then he thought of the key, the white piece sticking out of the end of the mandolin that made it look like a music box. The boy turned the key and began to play. The boy could not even notice the tune he was playing, so fixated was he on what happened next. Each goat began to spring and hop around the green in perfect tempo, leaping higher in the air as if the ground beneath them was made of sponge. The wolves were an even stranger sight. Ferocious though they initially looked, now each of them had a grin on his long face and stood on two legs step-dancing to the music emanating from the mandolin. The boy kept playing and the animals were mastered by the dance. Eventually, each one fell fast asleep, at which point the boy rested. When the wolves awoke, so happy were they that they left the goats alone and skulked off. The boy returned to his station on the hill and felt as hungry as the wolves he had just deprived of a meal. He thought of the woman's other gift, the napkin. He removed it from his pocket, flat as a pancake, but when he unfolded the napkin, there was a delicious, meaty, saucy sandwich such as the boy did not know existed, and it was piping hot too. The boy wolfed down the sandwich and then rounded up the goats and returned home. And that was the way it was for a while. The boy would bring the goats to the valley, play them sweet music and use the dance to ward off any predators. He then feasted on a different meal each time he unfolded the magical napkin. The boy's masters became suspicious. The goats were producing more milk than ever the boy seemed happy despite his hard work and low pay, and finally, he wasn't touching his stale crusts and discount gruel he was served at night. The couple should have just been happy, but the selfish and greedy never are. They can never just accept the contentment of others. Follow him, said wife to husband one night. See where he goes and how he is so happy. So the next morning, the man followed the boy into the valley and witnessed the boy produce a full roast banquet from a piece of tissue in his pocket. He raced home to his wife before the boy even thought of the mandolin. He has a magical food tissue, said the husband. Let's steal his magical food tissue, said the wife. Go into Lara tomorrow and buy a piece of fabric and swap them as the boy sleeps. 
The man had done this dastardly switcheroo faster than you could say bad form. When the boy next returned to the valley and opened the napkin, no food appeared. But rather than crying or feeling angry, the boy thought, well, not everything can last forever. I still have my mandolin and played the day away. But when Goats and Goat Herd returned that night, the boy looked in the window and saw his masters gorging on suckling pig. He knew what must have happened. The young boy went in and said, You look like you've just had a delicious meal. Would you like me to play some after-dinner music? The couple thought that this would be the final insult to the boy and agreed. So the boy turned the key and began to pluck his mandolin. The music was incredible, but did not sit right with the man. Play something slower, boy. I can't get comfortable with this tune. My legs are restless. But the boy didn't slow down. He played faster and faster until both husband and wife were out of their seats and dancing uncontrollably. They were bloated and indigested from scoffing greedily all day. They felt like they could vomit or burst or both. Please, they cried, stop playing. Will you give me back my napkin? asked the boy. Yes, yes, it's on the table. Now please stop. The boy ceased the music and snatched the napkin quicker than the couple could hit the floor. I'll sleep here tonight. But tomorrow I'm returning home for good, so I would like to be paid tonight. A great deal of back pay is owed, I'm sure you'll agree. The man laughed. You must be out of your mind if you think we're going to give you a penny after that. You have till morning, said the boy, who then went outside to spend one last night with his beloved goats. But the next morning the couple woke early and ran to the village to fetch the police. The boy was woken by the kick of a peeler. Young man, I'm afraid I'm going to have to arrest you for abusing your masters. I'm sorry to say, but you'll hang for this. That seems fair, said the boy. But officer, would you mind if I played one more tune to my goats before I go? The peeler thought this was a strange request, but granted it. No, don't, began the boy's master, but it was too late. The boy had turned the key and everyone started dancing. It was a stranger sight seeing police officers dancing in uniform. It looked a bit like a Victorian light opera. Please, please, let us stop dancing, cried the peelers. Only if you make my master pay what he's owed me. Yes, yes, anything. Do it now. The man struggled to reach to his pocket where he kept a sack of coins. He threw them at the boy. Take them, take them all, just please stop. The boy obeyed, picked up the cash, and while his former masters and the peelers were rubbing their aching bones, left the valley and returned home. The boy gave the money to his mother, and while she ate her fill from the enchanted napkin, he played her a sweet tune on the mandolin. The End <laughs>
Folks, as you all know, Fireside is a proud son of the Headstuff Podcast Network, which is Ireland's largest network of independent podcasts and a loving home for the creative and indeed the curious. There are so many other podcasts I could recommend to you on the network, some of which inspired me to approach Headstuff myself. Here's a taste of one you might enjoy. Come on, sissy that pod, let's get... Thickening! Are you a fan of the Emmy award-winning show RuPaul's Drag Race? Do you think about Roxy Andrews at the bus stop? And do you belong in Party City? Well, Sissy That Pod is the podcast for you. Join me, James, and my co-host, Keen. Is there something on my face? As we chat weekly about the runway realness, sickening shade, and backstage buffoonery. That's right, whether it's new episodes of Drag Race US, UK, or All-Stars, Sissy That Pod will spill the tea with a new episode for you within 24 hours. So make good choices and subscribe to Sissy That Pod from the Headstuff Podcast Network and we'll leave you gagging on our eleganza. Now, let the music play. And that was the tale of the man who couldn't stop dancing on Fireside. My adaptation of a folktale from Santa Fe by a storyteller named Joe Hayes, who says... um, I particularly love, this is a real Philip Pullman trick. He, Joe has at the back of, of this book a note for storytellers and writers uh, for kind of the backgrounds on, um, on the stories. And for the man who couldn't stop dancing, he says, and I quote, This tale is common in many lands. Of course, the magic instrument isn't always a violin. Frequently, the owner of the magical instrument is sentenced to hang, and as a last request, is allowed to play one final song. But I didn't let things go that far in my telling. A New Mexico variant can be found in Spanish folktales of New Mexico. There are two versions in Cuentos Españoles um, de Colorado y Nuevo Mexico as well. I hope I've pronounced that okay. Um, so yeah, I should say that right from the beginning that in Joe's version of the story, it is a violin, which to be fair, could very easily work in Ireland as the fiddle is a very frequent instrument in folk tales. But when I was doing my version of this, I play the mandolin and I've been playing a particular amount of the mandolin recently. And I have this beautiful mandolin I bought recently, um, that looks very like a violin it's kind of got that brown orange look and it has yeah those f holes as i found out they're actually called um which makes it look very like a bigger a bigger fiddle and so to add a bit more of a personal touch i wanted to give it a a, because i could describe this fiddle right or this mandolin right in front of me you know it's beside me as i write and i play it as i write so i thought i was able to make it more personal and describe it in, in better detail and it works just as well i find um i do take it as far as the hanging in my version or at least mention the hanging because for a couple of reasons so the two the two tales from Fireside's history that this makes me think of most significantly is one from the very beginning from episode three, which is still to this day one of my favorite stories of all time, which is the tale of the wonderful tune about a blind Dylan Piper who goes, who learns the greatest tune of all time. And anytime he plays this tune, Everyone around him has to dance uncontrollably. So that is obviously incredibly similar. But with here, 
in this story, it's not the tune that's enchanted, it is the instrument. And to be honest, it would make more sense for the instrument to be magical, but then there is also this incredible power to there being this greatest tune of all time that you just cannot not dance to, like it is the ultimate absolute banger. But that's a very strong echo from between these two stories. Because absolutely, this story could exist in Ireland, may well have existed in Ireland. I'm, I'm sure now that my ears and senses are open to it, I might discover a tale very like this, if not this exact tale, in an Irish version that could have made its way over over with with emigrants from Ireland entering America and, and heading out and ed- ending up over out west and in the southwest where this book comes from. But also a more recent tale was uh, the secret was the secret token and the secret token proves ownership where we had a boy and his father who are sentenced to hang for being accused of stealing a horse that was actually theirs and they had sewed a coin under the horse's forehead skin to prove their ownership and that this was the only way at the time that you could prove your ownership of a horse and it's only when there are on the gallows when they're about to be hanged in Galway that they reveal this so that image of being saved from the gallows at the last minute I didn't actually have my young boy in uh, standing on the standing in the gallows with the noose around his neck but I liked the idea of him knowing that would be the sentence and then producing the tune straight away yeah this this story was very easy to set in Wicklow and I wanted I wanted to picture the goats in the Glendalough Valley because there are goats in the Glendalough Valley that have been there a long time and if you go to Glendalough you can see them and and it always amazes me it's it's like goats have suction cups on their feet the way they stand vertical you know I know they can lock their knees and all but I it still doesn't make sense that they they seem to hang like Spider-Man from the vertical cliff edges so I could really visualize them there. And then Lara is a very small village that is, is very close to Glendalough. It's very near, uh, this near Rathdrome, where my father's from. And the surrounding villages I spent a lot of time in growing up. It's a great pub in Lara called Lynham's, which probably hasn't opened since March. And hopefully it will again. But so this was a very easy story to set in a world I was very familiar with. And like I said at the beginning, that's one of the most incredible things and my favourite things about folktales is when they are truly universal like this. They're nearly always, you know, it's nearly always a poor, poor character, a poor boy or girl, you know, who has so little to lose and always uh, is good-natured. And, you know, we have then this enchanted old, this magical old woman who gives him this gift, you know. He just... (laughs) He's very humble and just, oh, I don't need anything except this. And we have something we've never encountered before. We've had this idea of a magical tune or a magical instrument, but never this this napkin that when you unfold, it produces beautiful food. That absolutely, if you were these greedy, this greedy couple who remind me very much of like villains in a old Dal book. They're very like the twits, you know, very malevolent, dastardly couple kind of character. Um, or like Mrs. Mr. and Mrs. Wormwood in Matilda, you have them wanting then to rip this boy off, and you have the the wife as the brains of the operation. 
and you had this all of the elements of this just really worked very nicely and of all the stories in the coyote under the table this i found was the one that i had to change the very least to adapt i just had to like i just read it a couple of times and then wrote it in in my voice and you know just connected what i needed to or or change what i needed to but really it's only little touches um but i want to i want to contact joe hayes now i have to say a uh, compliment on his book but that that story and this entire episode are dedicated to elizabeth i didn't get her last name she didn't write write it on the letter but i hope she'll reach out to me again now um, and thank you so much you've no idea what that meant to me to receive so you know to receive a present in the post um for the podcast it's it's one of the things that really makes makes this all, all worthwhile you know and and what's more it's just it i love finding new stories and so it was a great selection of new stories to to come across and with that i am going to wrap things up we are out of time um so thank you so much to all of you for listening thank you to alan patty and connor everyone over at headstuff follow me over on fire and instagram at fireside bard um email me at the fireside bard at gmail.com please do if you want to join the community head on over to headstuffpodcast.com to join headstuff plus where for a a membership fee of five euro a month or as much as you want to pay you can get access to all the premium content not just for fireside for all the headstuff podcasts I will hope that it will be the new community of Fireside where we can, where I can share all I want to share with you and you can have a much more direct access to me and it makes a lot more sense as far as I'm concerned for, for money to go through an independent Irish company than to go through the big podcast conglomerate that is Patreon. But I will keep the Patreon open for my current patrons and for any back listeners, you know, who are listening up to this point, I want there to be somewhere for them if they want to at any t- at any stage. Um, but that is totally up to yourselves. Next week, we have another myth. We are returning to the God who is, it's hard to not call him as I found out recently. He's very recently called this, but we would know him as the God of love. But we will learn all the story, the proper story about Angus Og of the Tua de Danon. That's next time. I will see you all. You'll hear me all. And next, and remember, wherever you are and wherever you go, you can always join me by the fireside. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com. Thank <laughs> you.